What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. I'm your host, comedian Mike Goodwin, the bowtie comedian. Now, for those of you that listen to this, this won't be a big deal to you either way. But for those that watch the video, this is my first time hatless. Your boy is without a fedora. I'm straight up. No hat comedy, but I'm bowtie comedy, so that doesn't matter. Well, thank you again for tuning in for another episode of the podcast. I have a little bit of a technical, uh, I can say issues. I, I ended up moving kind of my virtual setup to another space, and then I moved it back. This is where I typically locate from. And I'm not certain that everything's back in the proper spot. So we'll we'll get that corrected. But how I start the each and every podcast, talk about being on the road. On the road again. And so I was on the road. This week, I was actually in state. I was in Greenville, the upstate of South Carolina. Greenville is one of those places, I think, similar to people that live in different parts of the state. So, like, if you live in Charleston, you probably just come to Columbia to meet a friend, have dinner, go back. But you don't really hang out unless you go to a football game or something like that. Uh, the same, I feel, is true for Greenville with me. I, when I go to Greenville, I'm typically there for work. So, I've not explored all that Greenville has to offer. Greenville has done some pretty tremendous things in terms of its planning, city planning, their growth and development, just the overall vision of what they, what they, they as the, I guess the community government of what the vision of Greenville uh, would be and can be that it's, it's very impressive. They have a lot of walking space. They have tremendous retail and and restaurants and entertainment options. And so every time I go for an event, in my mind, I think, man, I really need to come to Greenville a little more often. I need to really come and spend more time in, in Greenville, South Carolina, because I'm always impressed every time I go up to the upstate how 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 nice it is, how, how great it looks, and um, just always have that thought in the back of my mind, like, man, I need to do a better job of, of coming coming to Greenville. And it's only an hour and a half. It's, it's, a, it's a hop, skip, and a jump right up the road. But I did the South Carolina, or it's not South Carolina, but the Electric Cooperatives of South Carolina Winter Conference. I did that on, on a Tuesday. Basically, I was the keynote for the luncheon, and I, I did my set. I did, did I did comedy. So that's that's an interesting question that I'm sure someone may have. Speaking of questions, if you do have questions, feel free to email the podcast. I would love to answer your questions. That email address is info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. That's I-N-F-O 
at comedianmikegoodwin.com. Sometimes people say, and I can feel, I can feel it on the inside. The question of what happens at a at a corporate event. Well, I do one of well, I probably do one of three things at a at a corporate event. Well, so at a corporate event, I could typically do my set. I'll do just a 30 minute on average. It's probably if I think about corporate events, on average, it's it's about 20 to 30 minutes of just stand up. And maybe there's sometimes where like last week I did a dinner, but I, I that was more I did a corporate dinner, but I I know that's comedy. For a corporate conference, you know, a a, a conference, a retreat, that's a little bit different in my mind. So I can do my set, and like I said, that's typically 20 to 30 minutes because conferences are packed. There's a lot of things, a lot of activities, a lot of speakers and awards and announcements. And so it's quite rare that you do a full 45 to an hour unless you're the you're the sole inner talker talker the sole speaker the sole entertainment the sole program you are the program which typically doesn't often happen in the corporate setting so i could do my set which i i that's how i really started in corporate just going and doing a set doing comedy 20 to 30 minutes of comedy after a luncheon, before lunch, to kind of break the mood. Oftentimes when folks will talk about having you do the, the common common phrase, they want to do something a little bit different. So that they have a they have a comedian. So that's how again how I started. I would do my set. But then it morphed into doing a keynote. So my keynote, when I do corporate events, I can either do like I said, first, my set. Number two, the keynote, which is my leadership and laughter or laughter is a good medicine type type uh, keynote in which I have a speech that I, I present. I actually have two speeches that I do. One is the you know leadership and laughter, the lessons I've done from doing stand-up comedy, leadership lessons I've learned from doing stand-up comedy. Or, and I just created... Uh, a, a speech or a talk that I do called uh, Championship Culture. And so one of those two keynotes, or number three, kind of a combination of the both. So what will happen, but my keynote is, is very hilarious. So it's it's an abbreviated version of a keynote. If I, if I do, you know, sometimes folks will ask for 50-50, which I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's weird how the requests like they want a keynote, but they want some funny, they want some points, but want some comedy. So you can either do it. You can either get all comedy, all keynote or a combination of comedy and keynote. But the keynote is that already. It's just 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so I, what I did at the co-op was, a set and it, I was a little interested to see you know how it works up my set goes well because it's been crafted I've done it enough I, I feel pretty confident in it but what was interesting they had 
an employee by the name of Lou Green, he was retiring from the co-ops of South Carolina and the electric co-op. And he had, at, before he joined the co-op, had worked in our local radio TV station at WIS, which is Channel 10 in Columbia. So he was on a show called PM Magazine, which I remember when I was a young guy. And he had had a career working in television, probably let's say 15 to 20-year career. I don't, I don't know the number specifically. But they roasted, the organization roasted him before I came up. And they kind of did a spoof on the anchorman because he was an anchorman. And they went back and got clips from back in the day. And it was it was very, it was very lighthearted and entertaining. And I thought it it really set me up well because they were laughing. They were already in a pretty jovial spirit and mood. And so I just came up and did what I do my comedy so that was great I did that it was in Greenville I drove up that morning maybe around 9 30 now it was raining very very rainy day I drove up park I think I was on the mic by 1 15 maybe they had lunch I got up and did about 30 minutes so I did 30 minutes because I was on a clock they had a they had a clock and I I was my I said my my closing joke, when I ended that punchline, there might have been four seconds left on that clock. And then I got off the stage. And so I hung around for a little bit to until they took a break. Then I got in the car and drove back to Columbia. So I was back home at the latest by 4 o'clock. And then I think we just went business as usual. I think I went and worked out that night. So it happened Tuesday. And then I had a virtual event. I did a virtual event on Thursday for a Thermo Fisher Scientific. It was a global, it was a global webinar for the organizations. And again, when I say global, I'm talking France, Holland, Mexico, folks from all over the world had logged in, and I did. I did uh, my set. I did a set again, a corporate, but it was, I think they titled it Laughter is the Best Medicine. We titled it. But it was virtual, and that's why I changed my setup. So I moved my setup from here, which I really typically am in in this spot, but I went to the office, and I did 45 minutes of comedy for their for their uh, event. I think it was an event connected with the office of DEI and family support. If I'm, if I'm, I'm correct on that. And so basically they were wrapping up the end of the year. This was the end of the year wrap up and they've had topics or, or areas that they focused on and they wanted to tie it all up in a neat bow and in on a lighthearted fun note. And so, they reached out to your boy, and I and I logged on. Now it was on Microsoft Teams, which there's a variety of different platforms that that folks are using. Streamyard is one. You have Zoom, um, Microsoft Teams. There's some others that you know you kind of log in the folks' platforms, and depending on the platform that 
oftentimes tell you the atmosphere of the of the event. So teams is something I've I've done a lot. I'm not a lot, but I've been on teams enough that it's I guess it's already downloaded in my computer, so I don't have to download it every time I, I log into a team's meeting. But what they did, that's pretty, I think, pretty standard to virtual meetings now is they muted and and I think they disabled cameras. Yeah, I think they disabled the cameras and, and muted the audience. And so basically I saw the two women who were the organizers of the event on my screen. And then I just saw a bunch of circles with letters in them. AS, FG, PW, you know, it was just all these little circles. And I was telling, I was telling the, the group that this typically would feel a little awkward had I not gone through the quarantine. <laughs> so in the quarantine, I was one of these guys, I had no interest in virtual events. And so I still, I have a good time when I do a virtual events and I don't mind doing, I'm not going to say mind doing virtual events. I prefer live events. I would, if, if I have a, my, my druthers, I would rather do a live event. And so if you're going to get me to do a, a virtual event, there is a, uh, a premium to be paid because that's not my, typical desired go-to, but I, I do a great job. I have a, a wonderful time. It's always, it's always fun. It's just one of those things. It's like, so y'all can't get me a flight, but we had a virtual, a virtual event and it, it was, it was great. It went, it was very, I had a good time. I, I did some research about the organization thermal, Fisher Scientific, and I was, you know, kind of bebopping around on their website. And I, I typically, I'll look at images, I'll look at videos if, if folks have videos posted. I just kind of get a feel of of what the website communicates. And it was a great looking website. So, Thermal Fisher Scientific, and they love science, and they they, they use a phrase that was pretty interesting. They serve with science, and you can kind of see that their 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 focus was around making uh, workplaces or, or just anything that they are associated with, making it safer, healthier. And that was another word that they used to communicate their mission. So I went and I was looking and I saw their values. So I was like, oh man, you always learn a lot about organizations reading their mission statement and their values. Well, this particular organization, they had four values, but they were all words that started with the letter I. <laughs> all the words, all four words. If I can remember, I may not have it on top of my head now, but they were innovation, intensity, uh, engagement, not engagement, involvement. I don't know where the engagement came from. Involvement, intensity, innovation, and I can't remember the other, but it was four, it was four I words that represented their values. And so I was just, you know, setting them up. I was talking about the organization and the things I read. I said, hey, I got to your values. And I saw, y'all only use our words. You know the other letters in the alphabet. So I spent a, a good amount of time. Now, I couldn't see the chat. Now, the chat was popping. That was one thing that I could not see because if I, if I opened the chat, I think it would have made 
the window smaller and and I was you know the way my camera set up you probably can tell even when the podcast I'm looking up at the camera the camera's not in the computer so if I look down at the computer the whole time it it, it would seem a little a little bit impersonal and so I, I wasn't looking at the computer to see the chat but my wife had logged on and she told me that people were putting other I words in in the chat if I would have saw that, I would have went for another 10 minutes on the values. But I just talked about, hey, man, there's other words like like creativity, the C's, and you can hard work, motivation, inspiration. Well, inspiration, that's another I. That's another I we can add, we can add that to the, to the list of values. So had a great time on the, on the uh, virtual, virtual event that I did and they they had a number of attendees I mean I I looked at one point and it may have been 700 plus attendees that were on this on this virtual uh, comedy show that I did so that's I was on the road physically but I also was virtually on the road last week and had a great time so now I want to share with you my listening audience this week's best advice ever. So every week, the purpose of this podcast is for me to come on and share insights that I've gained in my years of living as it relates to uh, my time in entrepreneurship, my time serving in the United States military, working in secondary and higher ed, just all the gems and the sage advice that I've collected over the years and just growing up in in Camden, South Carolina, where I had a pretty significant understanding of leadership as it related to watching members of my community, whether that uh, be my grandmother who basically led our family from her, (laughs) from her, apartment you know her 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 place of residence i spent a lot of time with her watching the ministers and pastors that were leading the congregations of the church that i attended my coaches that led sporting teams and the teachers that led their classrooms i just very at a very early age have been interested in the dynamics of organization organizational growth, leadership, and leadership development. And so the advice I, advice I want to share and will share with you today in the Best Advice Ever podcast is simply, and I think this is more of a, and I may be incorrect, but it sounds more of like a Southern idiom, Southern phrase. And I'm going to say it in a way that it's communicated and it's basically closed mouth, don't get fed. Grammatically, that's atrocious, I'm sure. But the spirit of what's being said is you have to ask for what you want. A closed mouth doesn't get fed is the advice, is the best advice ever this week. So I've started working very early. I, as it relates to jobs, I had maybe that entrepreneurial streak that was already part of my DNA I just really hadn't tapped into it 
but I have uncles that are entrepreneurs. They've been entrepreneurs as long as I've been around. I have an uncle who's a, a contractor, a, a builder that lives in Florence, but he was a pastor. And I, you know, I, I just thought he was, you know, Uncle John that was the pastor and didn't realize that he was building subdivisions. He built our home, the home I grew up in. And he's for the last, you know, 40 years that I've known of has crafted a career in, 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 in building homes and, and neighborhoods and, and, and creating opportunities as it relates to, to real estate. And then I had another uncle that had a, a detailing a car detailing service. He's also has a number of Airbnbs. And then the uncle that I, I'm thinking about this advice is the uh, is the uh, is the is the catalyst or the inspiration for this advice is my uncle Daniel. So my uncle Daniel, when I was growing up, he was a police officer, but he also had a janitorial service. He also had a lawn care service for both of which I was employed. Now, I never received compensation. Maybe my mother received compensation, but I was I was uh offered out to get some work done. So I I I probably started I mean, I can remember working on janitorial jobs when I was maybe 12. I mean, I was young. I was young, 12, 13. We, we were, and my uncle had contracts with, with school districts. So we were not like cleaning a laundromat. No, we were cleaning a school, the high school, the middle school. And I, 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 I if I'm not mistaken, I believe that my uncle may have had both the janitorial contract and the lawn care contract in a, in a few of these places. I mean, I'm talking about like high schools, the Kershaw County School District. Like he had places. Now, to me, twelve year old, thirteen year old Mike, this none of this meant anything other than like you could go through people's desks and find some stuff. <laughs> You see a lot of things in school offices. Uh, some candy, that maybe, maybe some, maybe some contraband that the student had had and has been confiscated. And now I've confiscated. I'm not saying I took these people things from their offices, but I, I might have went and took a look. Let me see a look, see a little a gander. But my uncle Daniel was a serial entrepreneur. Like he, he drove trucks. Like I said, he had this janitorial service, lawn care service, and I worked for him. And I worked for him. I, I cleaned office buildings. We resupplied stock, uh, you know, supplies. I, I cut grass, like not like a yard. I cut like a school with a push mower, not – not a riding lawnmower. I'm like young Mike Goodwin cutting acres, right? And so 
my Uncle Daniel basically, how it would happen, he would pick me up early and we would go and I would, you know, make sure I had gas in my in my lawnmower and he would show me the area. He kind of dropped me off, let's say at nine o'clock in the morning, and he probably would return around twelve. And he might have a sandwich. You know, I think there was some food. Possibly. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> it might have been, but it might have been, a, you know, hamburgers and fries and a drink. I, I can vaguely remember that. And then after you ate, you back at it, maybe let's say from one to five. I mean, it's just long stretches of time where it was just me and the lawnmower and no adult supervision. And so at the end of the day, my Uncle Daniel would come, you know, inspect the work that I've done, get the equipment, and take me back home. But on the way home, he often would stop at the gas station, whether he would refill the car with gas, he would get something from the gas station. And so we would go in there, and he would buy something to drink, he would get something to eat and make some chips or something. But he would never ask me, hey, you want something to eat? You want something to drink? Never. It was never. And I'm looking at him with a knot of money. Like my Uncle Daniel is one of these guys that carry a little wad. Like you, we live in a day and time. So, that you know, I keep money. I have a I, – I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> hey, uh, No. But it, it's not uncommon for me to have some cash on me. It's it's not that's not an uncommon thing for for me to have some cash because the men that I looked up to, the men that I knew when I was growing up, I always had cash. They had a stack of cash, and so that's what I thought you did when you became of age. You had a little money clip with some cash in it. Uh, so if you're listening to this podcast for nefar- nefarious reasons, I only have Monopoly money on me. I don't have real cash. <laughs> so I would look at my Uncle Daniel. He would get his stuff, and then I wouldn't say anything, and then we would leave and get back in the truck. He would take me home. And I let that happen a few times because I was just thinking in my brain, surely this man knows that after cutting four football fields, that my young palate would be very appreciative of a little Gatorade, a little Ruffles, a Dorito, a little oatmeal Debbie cake. Come on, man, without a shadow of a doubt, this man knows that I am hungry not hungry anymore. I'm hungry. That's uh that's that's like the U becoming a hung 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 is that a hungry like I could pass out type famished you know I'm just ready for some nutrition now I wave it Everything I wanted had zero nutritional value. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted some snacks, man. And so at some point, I started to recognize that, hey, man, this guy's not going to ask me 
do I want anything? But anytime I say, hey, Uncle Daniel, can I, can I get a Gatorade? I'll be like, oh, yeah, go ahead and grab you one. Can I get some chips? Yeah, get some chips. Can I owe me a pot? Yeah. So it made me understand that, okay, if I don't ask, I will not have. Knock, and the door shall be answered. Seek, and thou shalt find. And so I submit unto you that a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Like you may have desires and wants. And you know that the person that you're working with or connecting with or partner with has these resources, has whatever it is that you're interested in. And you just think that at some point they're going to offer it to you. That might not be the case. They might just be waiting for you to ask. Close mouths don't get fed so that's the advice and I think there are two reasons why people you can cultivate two things if you if you think about the ask because number one you need to ask that's just you need to be able to practice the ask I don't know if, if you should lead with the ask don't lead with the ask I say that carefully lead with the ask that's a dating advice right there. Lead. <laughs> Don't lead with the ask. You hear that? I'll put the on it. Don't lead with the ask. So, yeah. But you have to ask. Because, number one, it either identifies or it allows you to cultivate your courage. In business, in life, in relationships. Got to have courage and you have to cultivate your courage and you can't assume or think that someone else is going to give you an opportunity to share. You have to ask, Hey, 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 are you free next week? I want to sit down and get some feedback of, of how, how, how this project is working. And I noticed that, you have a thousand bow ties. Can I have a bow tie? <laughs> Ask. Now the other thing, so you can cultivate your courage or you can be stuck in pride. And that's, that's one of the reasons people don't want to ask. You're proud. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I wasn't asking my Uncle Daniel for stuff. I, I worked a full day, like, I worked a full, I'm talking about physically taxing work. I, I didn't sit, didn't move widgets. I wasn't typing in data. I was physically working. And so surely I'm worth some Gatorade, some M&Ms, a Snicker bar. But I can remember not being afraid. I mean, being afraid to ask what he's going to say, no. And he could have said no. 
But I wasn't savvy enough. It was like, hey, the money I made today, let me get a dollar out of that. They're like, I don't know how much I'm getting paid, but let me get that dollar. Let me get $2. I think about my children. I want them to ask. I want to provide, good, you know, I'm going to give them good gifts because I'm a good dad. But I also want you to ask. So sometimes you're afraid to ask and the person is just waiting for you to ask so they can say yes. They want to say yes. So if pride is an issue that restricts you or uh, puts you in a position where you don't want to ask, I th- I, that's something you need to take a look at. You need to evaluate. No man, no woman is an island. You know, I've said this before. I might have used this as one of the best advice. Well, I don't think I've used it yet, so I don't, I don't think I need to say it yet. I think I need to hold on to that. <laughs> I might have said, I don't know, but I hate when people do that and then don't say it. So I'm going to say it. And it's the simple advice of if you want to go far, if you want to go fast, go along. If you want to go far, go together. And so if you want to go far, you need a team. You need people. You need um, to be able to have the ability to ask. So make sure that you're mindful of that, that you are thinking about the issues that restrict you from asking for help. You got to get over that. You got to get over that. And again, now, I think it's important for us to seek out, to problem solve. To problem solve. I think that's, I think, a great skill and a gift and and a practice to don't immediately go to the help try to figure it out yourself try to do all that is within your power to do but you probably can do more faster if you asked if you opened your mouth and and was fed some information that I don't know if that that's that sound I say I say some sentences that's like yeah, I don't know if that's but yeah close mouth doesn't get fed so that's the best advice ever for this week practice cultivate your courage and eliminate your pride I mean be prideful have have respect and have have some pride you know pride is an interesting concept right because you need pride. You must I want you to have pride. But there also is a level of humility that you must have that you need to put your pride to the side. So yeah, pride's a very, very complex issue. Life is complex. And I that's the thing that I think that uh I, I I'm learning. You know, my pastor said something this morning that was illuminating. He said that uh, he recognized he was being arrogant, being an arrogant person, doing things that arrogant people do. And I, I realized recently that I have been very abrasive or a nuisance or a, a just a level of um, needing to say stuff all the time that I've, I'm, I'm in this place of I don't need to say that. 
I don't need to say and I've I've found myself more and more times just filtering and not even filtering like not saying anything like nope don't say it and I really was like man I wish I would have learned this 15 years ago 10 years ago and this is a great tie-in this is a great tie-in to what you're not gonna do So, yo, as y'all know, I, I look at the USA Today uh, for what you're not going to do, right? And so I'm, I'm, I want to probably get away from doing some of these because they, I'm not finding good stuff. The good stuff is going. But I did see something from South Carolina, and it says that the uh, – so, but it's weird because it doesn't give you any – it gives you information, but it doesn't tell you why. So South Carolina, which I typically – one of the first ones I take a look at, Charleston. I'm going to read it. It says – Program A program aims to make the teaching profession more accessible to black men who are vastly underrepresented and underrepresented in classrooms in the state and around the United States. Their absence in the classroom is deeply felt, especially in states like South Carolina, where almost a fifth of the students are black and black males account for less than 3% of teachers. Now that's the, Call me Mr. Program. I'm very familiar with that program. My my nephew uh, was inducted and, and went through that program. Actually, when I was in college, I had considered majoring in education. And so I think the Call Me Mr. Program was just beginning or had just began or didn't or began very shortly after I graduated. So I saw a lot of energy around the Call Me Mr. program. But in this article, it it it, it oh, it's not even an article, it's like a little blurb. It doesn't even name the, the name the Call Me Mr. program. So what you're not gonna do is give us the details of the program, but not tell us what the program represents. Now, I do have something for what you're not gonna do, because what you're not gonna do. And this ties into what I was just talking about in terms of like not saying everything you think or trying to be funny all the time. So stay with me. Tell the story. Put myself on a timer here. Cause I don't people are like, hey man, don't don't make this an hour podcast. So I'm gonna tell this story pretty quickly. So at the event that I was at this week, I was at the um the elect electrical elect electric co-op electric co-op electric co-op of south carolina so in the audience was a man by the name of willie jeffries now if you're not familiar with willie jeffries just by you know me saying his name if you're from the state of south carolina that name is it should be it should resonate with you especially if you are a person of color that name should resonate with you so willie jeffrey was longtime coach of the South Carolina State Bulldogs, which is here in South Carolina, located in Orangeburg, South Carolina. He had two stints with uh, South Carolina State. He had his first stint. And then he's also, I think he's the first coach, first African-American coach to coach at a predominantly white uh, Division One institution. He coached at Wichita State. So he left South Carolina State and he coached at Wichita State, and he's also been in, inducted in the college 
Football Hall of Fame. So pretty significant career. Uh, was issued the the order of the Palmetto by Governor Carol Campbell. I may be wrong on the governor. But that's the highest award that a civilian could receive in the state of South Carolina. And so that's Willie Jeff. He's at this event that I'm at. And he's a member of my fraternity also. But at this moment in time, and and if you know anything about Coach Jeffries, he's hilarious. If you ever heard him speak, he's very witty, very funny. It's very hilarious. So I, I noted that he was in the audience when I was up. Or somebody mentioned it to me in the hallway. And then when I was on the stage, I you know identified the way it was at. And so, yeah, someone was talking to me in the hallway and was telling me that they had had a, you know, a conversation with, with Coach Jeffries at lunch, and he had said something hilarious. And so I was excited to be on stage and, you know, show my wares, to do my, do my thing. So I noticed Coach Jeffries while I'm doing my, doing my set. So at the, afterwards, we, I find him. We take a picture. Uh, we exchange numbers. You know, we, he, he said, you know, text me that picture. So he gave me his number. I have Coach Willie Jeffries' number in my phone. Hall of Fame coach. Uh, I, I mentioned that uh, one of the founders of our of our fraternity that his face lit up. He was like, "Man, I knew it, I knew it." So we had, you know, we had a, a fraternity exchange. It's great. It's great, heartwarming experience. I, I, matter of fact, I I, uh, I emailed some of the members of my fraternity that are in my in my chapter, and I, I told them the story. I told them, "Hey, man, Willie Jeffries was at the thing, and he said." this fraternity question and I answered with this fraternity answer, you know, that kind of thing. I told those guys. Then I told another, another couple of fraternity brothers of mine that, you know, I'm on like a group chat with. So I'm feeling good. Got this picture. Just met coach Willie Jeffries. Now what you're not going to do is be under the impression that Because the feelings that you have, I, I, I'm kind of I'm at a loss of what I'm trying to say. Basically, what you're not going to do <laughs> is not treat people well. That's what you're not going to do, right? So, so Willie Jeffries, I have this ex- exchange. So then, let's say a day later, I go to a place because I don't, don't want to out a person. But I'm I'm at a place that I go to pretty regularly. And I'm talking to the person. I'm like, hey, man, was at this event and Willie Jeffries was there. And the person that I shared this with wasn't happy about it. And he said, forget Willie Jeffries. But he did not say forget Willie Jeffries. He said the other word that a person would say <laughs> if they were using language. Forget Willie Jeff, like 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 legitimately vitriol, like very stern. wasn't no joke. wasn't like oh no, I'm just messing with you. So now I'm curious, like yo, what in what? Huh? Why? We talking about an 85 year old man? What is going on? And he was like, I tell him to his face. If I saw him, I tell him the same thing. So now I'm intrigued. I'm like, hey man, what happened? So this person tells me a story 
Now this person, this is a this is an older person. This person now is is well into their fifties, let's say. But when this person was nineteen, from Orangeburg, this person left to go play football in another state. Play football in another state, but really wanted to come back home. Wanted to play somewhere close to home. So it was home for the summer. Had played a year at this particular university. That was a couple of states over. And happened to be in the grocery store. And who did he see? Coach Willie Jeffries. So this 19-year-old man, knowing that he's been spent a year playing football at another college but wanted to come home, sees legendary coach of one of the schools that he would more than likely love to be a part of the football program. So he sees Coach Willie Jeffries. And he goes to approach me. It just happened to be at the grocery store at the same time. He goes to approach Coach, and Coach shoes him off. He didn't even acknowledge him. He didn't. It. He didn't say, "Hey, hey, son, um, I'm in a rush. I, I, I don't really have time. Here's my card. Give me a call. Stop by the office. Nick, are you in town? Stop by. The, none of that. He did not have. No. He just shooed him away like. No, I'm not talking to you. You're not worth my time. So at that moment, the person I'm talking to was, was devastated, was hurt, was like, hey, man, here I am. My night, and you know, I'm looking at, he's an adult now, but it's like I was a good kid. I was a 19-year-old kid. I truly was interested in coming back and playing. And he was like, well, what if I was, what if that was the, what, what like spiraled me out of control? What if that was the thing that was like, man, Nobody cares about me. That could have sent me down the wrong path. Like, oh, forget football. Forget Willie Jeffrey. Forget football. And it was amazing to me. Like, and, and he's he, it's like he transported back to being 19. Like those same, that feeling of embarrassment, of hurt, of disappointment that still lives in his chest. Like that still is available. And that made me think about myself. So yesterday, or a few days ago, I went to, I needed to get a, a, a key for my my car fat, fob or fab, you know, to unlock the car. So I have this new have this new vehicle, and the place that I, I need to get it from is on the other side of town. So I drive to the other side of town, and I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just kind of looking at the signs. I'm looking for the service area, looking for parts so I can go get a, a battery. So I walk in. And I kind of, you know, weave and dodge and weave myself through like the waiting area. And so I was looking like for a first front desk. So I, I went into like the showroom where they were selling cars. It was, you know, two salesmen and somebody at the desk. So I was just going to walk over and say, hey, I need to get this battery replaced in my in my car, my car alarm, my car, the fob. Let's just call it the fob. So first guy is, uh, is, is a black guy standing there. There's a white guy over there too, Willie. The white guy's on, on the iPad. Black guy's closest to me. Black guy looks up. I say, hey, man, I'm looking for a... Uh, I, th- the race means nothing. I just That's how I described it. It's not going to come back later in the story. <laughs> so I said, man, I need a battery. So he looks up and he didn't say anything. He said, oh, okay. Uh, follow me. You know, I got you. Follow me. So we, we used to walk. So we, you know, we take maybe 10 steps. 
He said, hey, man, are you that comedian from Camden? And I said, yeah, 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 Mike Goodwin. And, and so he laughs, and man, I love your stuff, right? Very, very favorable exchange. Man, great stuff, you're very funny, whatever. So we walking to the key thing. Once we get to the area, he tells the guy, hey, put it on account, 4473. That's not the real account. But... So the guy basically pays for my battery to be replaced. I, I don't know how much battery was. And, it, you know, anytime you go to one of those things, you think it's super expensive, but then they pop it open. And I'm like, man, I could have went to a little battery store, I bet, and got the same battery. But my man, he covered, he covered the price, right? Covered the price. And then he basically like, hey, can we go and take a picture? I got my phone in my office charging. I was like, yeah, no doubt. Great exchange, right? We take a picture. He gives me, he has like his, Information on the on the pen, hands me his pen, and you know I head out. On the way out, I run into someone that I I knew. Another he's an in a, he's a a music artist. Does a lot of a lot of a lot of shows. <laughs> so they always doing weddings and events. So we have an exchange. Man, it's good to see you, man. See you doing your thing. Very favorable exchange. So on the way to my car, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is like the Willie Jeffrey situation. Because if you talk to those two guys, they were like, hey, man, they go and tell somebody, hey, I met Mike Goo. You wouldn't believe who I saw today, Mike Goo. And I bet you it's somebody out there in the world that would say, forget Mike Goodwin. Like, I'm sure there are people that went to college with me. I I'm thinking of a person right now. There's a person that. You know, for the for as long as I, I just want to tell him, man, I'm sorry. I apologize. I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have said that to you. Treated you like that. Uh, but yeah, and I've learned there's been others. If you if you went to college with me, if you, uh, if I worked, I think there's some people when I worked at graduate school. I worked at the University of South Carolina. There would be some forget Mike Goodwin people there. There's some members. Of organizations I've been a part of that would say, forget my good one. And so that just really, that really brought it home to me around what you're not going to do. So it's two what you're not going to do that I think about. And so when I was thinking about this earlier, I was kind of fumbling and stumbling. Number one, what you're not going to do is lock people into the version of them when you met them. So, yeah. The, you know, the, the guy that's, that's upset with Willie Jeffers, he's, he has every right to be, you know. Coach could have handled that a lot differently. But I'm certain that coach is, coach is not that same guy. Coach is not the guy that would shoo off someone if they were approaching him and wanted to have a conversation. So what you're not going to do is hold people to a version of them that they no longer are. And then what you're not going to do is be the same version of yourself that you've always been. I think it's always opportunities for us to grow and develop and improve. The biggest house or the biggest room in any house is the room for improvement. And again, I, I just brought it home to me because as much as that guy, and then he actually put the, the post on, he put the picture on Facebook and there were people commenting and somebody was even like, so what you sell them? None of your business, Joker. We on here talking about what you sell them. Dude, like, oh, those are cool dudes. That's my guys. What you sell them? 
boy, people, people are tripped. What you're not gonna do is get on the internet on social media talking about what you sold my good one. I've already been on here talking about all the money I carry with me. Now I don't need to be talking about this particular vehicle that I was, you know, this particular brand of vehicle I was at. But yeah, think about that in your own regular life, in your own regular life, in your own life. There are some folks that would be like, oh man, this is the greatest, coolest person ever. And then there's some people who be like, forget that dude. Forget that woman, man. So if we can, I would encourage you to go back and mend bridges and fix it and the stuff that, you know, folks have uh, sustained some hurts and injuries on our behalf. Well, thank y'all again for tuning in. I've been able to make it under an hour. My buddy asked me, thank you for being under an hour. I'm under an hour. Uh, what you're not going to do, I go long, folks, y'all. I hope it's entertaining. I would love feedback. Uh, how, how are y'all enjoying the podcast? It's new for me, but I think I'm catching my rhythm. I'm catching my my pace. Also, if you want to send in uh, any information, questions, uh, you can email me at info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. Also, check me out. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Bowtie Comedy on Facebook. Comedian Mike Goodwin. You can get to my website, mikegoodwin.com, for any type of information. I got merch. I got booking requests. I have my dates upcoming. Actually, I have a, I'll be in Ohio, OH10. I'll be in Ohio December 21st. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And December 22nd, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. So if you're in that area, I would love to, to, to meet you. I'm coming with a couple of buddies, Mark Gregory. Um, Tim Shropshire and and C King, we're doing the on the come up comedy tour. So we we we're, we're putting together a little comedy Voltron, and we're getting out here on the road. And so this upcoming December twenty first and twenty second, I will be in the fine state of Ohio, the Buckeye State, OH ten. And so I would love to see your face in the place again thank you for listening to another episode of the best advice ever podcast man i've been your boy mike goodwin peace